Welcome. I'm Riley Karsh. I'm Tova Copan. We are thrilled to bring you the We Go Boldly podcast. Let's talk big burning questions, life changes, and maybe a bit of personal business. Let's be bold and brave together. Are you ready? I am. Here comes the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Go Boldly, the podcast. We are, as always, so very excited to have you with us. Uh, I usually say thrilled. I don't know what happened there. I am thrilled. <laughs> she's not <laughs> She's not at the level of thrilled today, apparently. I I'm very happy. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, no, I am excited to have all of you guys with us today. Uh, we're still getting adjusted to being on camera, so bear with us all of our new YouTube subscribers. We are thrilled to have you all uh, following us and uh, sharing in this adventure with us um, at We Go Boldly. We, uh, we're excited for this new aspect of our journey, but um, on to exciting and important news. This is, as you all know, season six, and we are talking all about uh, busyness, self-worth, and everything in between. And today we are going to dive into uh, the the deep and meaningful topic of self-worth versus self-esteem and kind of what does all that mean? Before we get into the meat of that, I am, of course, going to welcome my fantastical, amazing, wonderful, all the superlatives you could think of. <laughs> host Tova to the show. How are you today, Tova? What's, what's shaken? I am excited to be here. Uh, I'm doing well. This is a busy week. Um, mm. and I know we just talked about busyness and I'm really glad that we're having these conversations because it's making me like drill down into, okay, we're busy but we don't have to feel the frenetic madness of busyness. And <laughs> so I'm glad we're having these conversations because this week is legitimately busy. Uh, and, you know, I'm just trying to stay calm, stay yeah. at peace, <laughs> enjoy the moments while I can. And I think that's, I mean, I think that this time of year, uh, especially if you're a parent is a weirdly busy year. You finally got into the groove of the school year and they're like, and now we have all of the end of the year stuff for you. Um, and you're just like, Oh, well, okay. Right. All That's the end of year stuff in the middle of the work day. Like, <laughs> right. Right. You don't right. need to work for the next four weeks. Do you No, no not at all. No. Um, but yeah, it, it's, you know, it's, this concept of being able to stay present in the midst yes. of the, the frenetic pace of life, um, which is something we're going to keep talking about throughout the season. Today, though, we are focusing on sort of the second half of the conversation, and that is self-worth. And it's something that Tova and I have talked about, I don't, I don't know, for months, years. I don't know. I feel like we, I feel like you and I have known each other our whole lives and we haven't. Um, so I like, I feel like you Whatever. and I've been talking about this since we were babies, but that has not been actually happening. Um, we have, however, been having this discussion in between the two of us for a long time, because it's just 
such an important piece of the puzzle, right? Of yeah. Where do we derive our self-worth from? How do we even know how we feel about ourselves? Yes. Uh, you know, and like back, back up the truck, like what is self-worth? What does it mean? How is it different from self-esteem? And it is different from self-esteem. Um, so let's, let's sort of lay the groundwork of what all of that is and what it means, and then dive into the topic as we'd like to do. So Tova, why don't you take over and sort of differentiate for everyone listening between self-esteem and self-worth? Um, you know, I usually love to do the definitions, but I'm, I'm turning it over to you today. And, you know, I think the reason we feel like we've been talking about it our whole lives, despite not knowing each other our whole lives is that this is often something that you learn as a child and mm. like you learn what self-worth is, or at least what the definition for the people around you of self-worth is. And so it is a conversation. It's, it's a hard thing to learn and to unlearn. And so let's, let's learn together. Um, but first starting with the definition of self-worth, it is a sense of one's own value as a human being, right? So, so super light. Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs> nothing, um, nothing major. Just like the foundation of all the things. Um, right. <laughs> And, and probably honestly, the, the concerns that we have talked about over the last year and a half of this podcast, a lot of them can come from not having that foundation of self-worth. Uh, and I, I just, I read, I was reading an, an article somebody wrote and she was like, yeah, I struggled with self-worth. So I just decided I'll be perfect and that will fix it. And I was like, Oh, I see you. I see you friend. Um, but another part of the definition, and I like this one as well, a feeling that you are a good person who deserves to be treated with respect. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and, and I think that is the important thing about self-worth is this is that, that feeling that you are for using the own word in a definition, but worthy right? You are worthy of love. You are worthy of being valued. You are worthy of respect. And that is not related to anything that you have ever done, right? Like anything you ever will do, how big your goals are, how big your bank account is. It is just the baseline. And it was, I've seen it described as the foundation, right? It is the, I like this, um, this description of it is the trunk and the roots and then self-esteem are like the branches and we differentiate between self-esteem and self-worth, but I think it's really important to know that a lot of people don't differentiate that between yeah. them. So if you are reading an article, you stumble upon something in a magazine, um, and it sounds like they're talking about self-esteem when they say worth or vice versa. Just know that I've re I read a number of articles where like, we use these terms interchangeably and I just wanted to be, like, but they're not interchangeable, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, self-esteem is what we think and feel and believe about ourselves, right? Whereas self-worth is recognizing, um, and I'm quoting a Dr. Christina Hibbert with this, um, I am greater than all those things, right? It is a deep knowing that I am of value, that I am lovable, necessary to life, and 
and of incomprehensible worth. And, and self-esteem is like at that next level that we believe in ourselves, that we feel good about ourselves. And so they're not the same thing. And then self-confidence is like an either, you know, the next level. And we're not talking about self-confidence today. Um, but self-worth is that really, like, like she said, that deep knowing that you are, you are good enough and that you are enough. Right. Uh, just for your existence, yes. just because you, you know, are here on the, on the planet and, and breathe and, and live and move about your day and, and, you know, exist in general. I think one of the interesting things about self-worth is that when, you know, when we were doing a workshop the other day and somebody asked us about your inner voice and they asked us, you know, well, okay. The, the, what is your inner voice? Just like your emotions? Is it just, you know, is it an actual voice? Is it, you know, which essentially is your inner monologue, right? Like your, the, the noise you hear in your own head, um, which m- most people have, right. You mostly, most of us have that inner monologue going of like, Oh, I forgot to turn off the stove or, Oh, I forgot to like put my kids lunch in their lunchbox or whatever it is. Um, and that is not technically your inner voice, right. That's just your the running noise in your head of like your day and things you you know things you got to do, yeah. um, but you know your inner voice is very connected to your feelings of self worth. It's very much rooted in that same concept of knowingness of connection to um, oftentimes something you know the this concept of something greater than you, but it's also this larger this sort of larger than an individual sense, right? Your self-esteem is very individual. It's very much just about you, right? Your self-worth is larger. You can look at other people and, and understand they are worthwhile, right? Like that they exist and therefore deserve to be alive. Whereas you're not going to look at them and, and necessarily think about their, you know, their self-esteem it's it, but their worthwhileness as humans, you probably, if you took the time would think about, so it's a larger concept. It's a, it's a broader scope and it, it ripples out in that way. And so that's why it's the yeah. base. It's the foundation. It's something bigger than just you as an individual. It's your connection to the, the whole. And, um, even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't believe in anything bigger than you, it's, it's whether you like it or not, it is still your connection to other people around you. It's we're all worthwhile for, you know, just because we exist. Yeah. And I think that's important. You know, if you, if you don't believe in the God or, or universe, the universe, or, um, you know, recognizing that you are a worth worthwhile part of this larger global community. Right. Um, yeah. And I think the way I think about it too, is like looking at other people, like there are people that I don't necessarily get along with or, or not even knock it along with, but like that I don't want to hang out with because our personalities are not the same and we have different interests. Um, my, judging of their worthiness has nothing to do with that. Like, I think that they are worthy 
they are they are worth their existence is important and i can see their role as being important in the larger community um even if i don't want to hang out with them right so it like like sometimes it's easier to see things when you're talking about other people and so just like they have a very important role in the world even if we wouldn't be bffs you know like i do too right and it is not related to what I achieve, if I can tell a funny joke, if I, you know, what I look like, none of those things, which is interesting because when we started looking at and researching how people do measure their self-worth, it is entirely related to all of these things that, that come after just that deep knowing that you are deserving and a value. And you're going to hear us say this, like for the next, I don't know, however long this episode is going to be, we're going to kind of say the same things over and over again, because it is, it is so important that we understand this and understand that we have this value, because if we attach it to other things that we are either not in control of, or, and, and there are very few things we are actually in control of, <laughs> or, or yes. if, if we attach it to things that, um, that even if we are in control of, don't bring us peace or contentment or, you know, happiness, then it, it's hard. It's hard. And it's, I think it's particularly important to realize that for many of us, um, and are many people, this is unlearning something that you have felt like you've known your whole life, right? So if you're walking down the street and you see self-esteem and self-worth is interchangeable and you have lived a life where achievement is where you find your self-esteem, which is another whole other issue, but like, let's say it's a, a achievement, um, then you only think that you have value. You only have self-worth if you are continually trying to achieve. And whether that is a big life to-do list or a little tiny task list from every day, either way, it is exhausting. So we might be repetitive on this episode, but it's because we have one thing we want to drive home. (laughs) Um, And with that, we actually need to take a quick break, but we can maybe come back and talk a little bit about what people do measure their, so how people often measure their self-worth. Cause I think this is one of those things that's sometimes easier to explain, like what you shouldn't be doing, (laughs) uh, than, than what, what you, you know, conceptually than what you should be doing. So we will, uh, come back after a quick break. Hey, Tova, you know what I love? Coffee definitions, uninterrupted reading time. Okay, all of those things are true, but I also love maps. As in Siri, take me to the beach? Yeah, also as in uh, who am I really and who do I want to be? Yeah, I figured that's what you meant, but I also have the beach on my mind, so... Well, we were talking about things we love, so that definitely makes sense. But the map I was thinking about is our Defining You course. Yes, we put together Defining You as a way to map 
where you are and how you want to live your life. So true. So many people struggle to find their purpose in a busy and noisy world. That's why we made Defining You, our course meant to guide you to creating your own mission statement. And there's good news. You can get it now on teachable.com. Find the link on our website at goboldlyinitiative.com backslash courses, or check out the link on our Instagram bio at goboldlytogether. We can't wait to see you there. Now, let's head back to the show. Okay, so welcome back. I will I will get the ball rolling and then hand it back to you, Riley. But um, people measure self-worth often the way they might measure self-esteem. They, they aren't walking around with that deep knowing. And so they're measuring it by their appearance, right? Yeah. What they look like, the number on the scale, all of these other things. Uh, they might be measuring it by their bank account, right? So those two things are some very important ways that people measure their self-esteem, but really measure their self-worth. Like how, how worthy of I am, how worthy am I of, of love, of, you know, am I enough? And it's like, well, let me check what my bank says. It's like, well, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think, you know, so I, and I, I don't know historically when it became the case that, people conflated their, their value or their, the, the value of their existence on the planet or, you know, in life with their productivity. And, and we'll talk about that in another episode, um, in more detail, but, you know, or their appearance, you know, in whatever, whatever era it is, it obviously the, the, the type of appearance changed, but it's still tied to something material, right? Something superficial, something about how you look, how much money you have, what kind of car you drive, what your job is, um, what you achieve in life. And all of these things determine, you know, became the determining factor of how value valuable you are in society. And that determined your worth that put you in the social structure. And I think so much of that has to do with the way in which our, you know, our, our social hierarchy forms, um, and, and the way in which our governments work and our cultures formed and all of those things. Uh, and, and a lot of it's about safety and keeping ourselves, I'm, I'm going too far into, you know, <laughs> sociology, but it, it, it is, uh, unfortunately not determinative of our value as humans, right? It's not determinative of whether or not we deserve to be treated with respect. It's not determinative of whether or not we deserve to be happy or content or satisfied or loved or treated with kindness. It, none of those things have anything to do with our value as people. They have, they have nothing to do with any of that. And yet we have conflated the the term so deeply and it is so ingrained in our culture that so often we forget and, and it's, you know, and it's become a, almost a sickness, right? Like it is so hard to look at yourself in the mirror and not see those things and not feel those feelings. I mean, and it starts very early. It starts in childhood um, and it starts in family systems and it's not necessarily even conscious, right? It's not necessarily even something that people are aware that they're doing to themselves. 
or their kids or their, their neighbors or whoever. And, um, unfortunately that conflation of terms has resulted in, you know, I I think a lack of self-worth in a lot of people. And when you lack self-worth, you lose a lot of grounding. You lose a lot of sense of connection to your communities, yourself, to the universe, to God, to whatever it is that you want to think about. And without that sense of grounding, you, you are, you know, you're kind of free floating. You're, you're, you're a little bit lost and that loss of sense of self leads to just this endless cycle, right? You're constantly cycling and you're thinking, okay, well, I have to get the next thing. I have to get the next thing in order to feel better, to keep looking for the next, you know, I need another car. I need another job. I need more money and all of these things in order to feel better because I'm trying to fill this void of self-worth, but you cannot fill that hole of self-worth with things outside of yourself. It just doesn't work. Well, and it also can lead us down some pretty dark roads where we don't think that we're deserving of love or this is the best job I can get, right? This is, this is the, the, you know, and, and you are okay with people treating you poorly you're okay with people in relationships treating you poorly because you don't think that you have inherent self-worth. And so you aren't demanding that people treat you as a good person deserving of being treated with respect, which is the definition of self-worth, right? Or one of them. Um, And I think that it can lead us you know, saying, making a lot of bad decisions on behalf of ourselves because we don't think that we're deserving of other things. And so, I, you know, this is where it, it becomes so important. And then for all of the other larger ramifications that you talked about, which is, you know, legislation is written in ways that judges people differently based on all of these other factors. News coverage is, you know, I I was having a conversation um, with my son the other day and now about how in the eighties, there were always kids on milk cartons. And like, we really thought that like kids were like kidnapped all the time by like strangers. Like we just thought it happened like all the time by, by random strangers in bands. And constantly, I'm still afraid of vans. I will I not park near a van ever. Well, cause they could grab you at any Anytime. minute and offer you candy first, of course, which obviously you sh- should say no to. Um, and I told him like, it is still important for you not to get in a stranger's van. And it is still important for you not to take stranger candy from a stranger. Like these are all still good rules to follow as a child, but like <laughs> you, you will not. And, and I said, you know, the fact is that it is so rare for a child to be kidnapped. Um, and then I kind of, and I said that, that it becomes a big news story. And then I said, well, it's rare for a cute, white, rich child to be kidnapped. And that becomes the news story, right? Like even our news coverage judges people on appearance, their net worth, their skin color, right. like a variety of things. And so we get those messages all day long, yes. which is why it is so important for we, us to take time as individuals 
whatever that looks like to make sure that we are really tapping into uh, or, or that we really believe deep in our inner knowing that we have value and that we are worthy. It, the other reason, you know, even beyond for ourselves, because once you, once you've done that, right. Like once you have sort of sunk into that feeling of self-worth and you, you recognize that your own value is intrinsically there, then it goes outward you'll see the value in other people and you'll recognize that everyone else has value. Even as you were saying before, Tova, the people you don't particularly like, and that is mind blowing. I mean, I say that as a person who, you know, can like look at a lot of people and be like, I don't want to hang out with you. (laughs) Um, We have very different beliefs and they're not jiving. And so we're not going to like hang out and drink tea and, and have a, conversation about this right now, but that doesn't diminish my thought process about their worthwhileness as human beings on the planet. Right. Right. Because I know if they're not worthwhile, I'm not worthwhile. Right. Like it is, it is necessary to be able to look at yourself and go, okay, I'm human. I'm part of the the universe. I'm part of this collective energy that exists in the world. And now I, I know I'm getting all wooey on everyone, but that's, that's where my spirituality comes from. Um, but I'm part of that collective experience. And so if I'm worthwhile, all these other energetic beings are also worthwhile. And however you look at it, you know, whatever your background is, it's the same. It, yeah. you just might have different words for it. And I cannot dismiss those people as people worth, you know, deserving of respect and deserving of existence and humanity. Right. And And, and that's so important. And I think this is also the difference between, you know, separating esteem and worth and confidence because there are people that I don't respect. Absolutely. Not at like, let's be very, very clear. And, um, all I keep thinking of is January 6th. Like, yes, yes. right. Like there are people that I do not like, yep. I do not respect. Yep. Um, I, you know, decisions that they make, mm-hmm. but, but as a human being, I do respect that they exist. Right. <laughs> and, and because of that, they are worthy of existence. Like, right. and, and so I think that like you said, it's important to know that difference for yourself because it's also changes how you interact with other people. And I will say this is, this is one of those very few things. So uh, working with on self-esteem is an ongoing process, right? Even remembering to value yourself. I mean, I write, I am enough in my journal every single day, you know, like, and, and yep. that I am enough just as I am. Those are things that you have to work on. But I will say that in this case, just being like, oh, I believe this definition of self-worth. I am buying into this. And this is what I believe. That only has to happen one time. Yep. <laughs> and that's kind of nice because so much that we do is like, well, you got to keep working on it. You got to <laughs> keep working on it. And, yeah. and you do, you do have to remind yourself, but it is so nice and it can be freeing 
to accept this definition and accept yourself as worthy of everything, love, respect, being enough. And so even when I'm struggling, right, I can fall back on this definition of self-worth and go, oh, that's right. I'm here. And so I am worthy. And that is it. That is it. (laughs) Because you're worthy on your absolute worst day. You're worthy when you've done something horrible, right? Like when you have made your biggest mistake, when you have failed at something, when you have hurt somebody's feelings, when, you know, you've had like a major mom fail. I don't know when you, I mean, you have been fired, right? Like you're still worthy. And that's the difference that we're talking about. The, the, this is what self-worth is about. It's that it never goes away. It never leaves you and it will never let you go. Right. It, it's one of those things that exists all the time forever. You're always worthwhile and you cannot lose it once you <laughs> recognize it. Right. right. Like once exactly. you accept it. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's something that you have to be willing to embrace even in your like dark, I keep wanting to swear. I'm sorry, everybody, even in your like darkest and I have to, that's why I keep pausing Um, even in your (laughs) darkest days. I know, I know potty mouth today, even in your darkest days, you have to, you, you have to recognize like, okay, I'm having like the worst day. I'm super depressed. I feel terrible about myself. My self-esteem is in the garbage, Uh, you know, and I've been there but that doesn't change the fact that you're still a worthwhile human. Um, And, you know, you read stories, you read memoirs of people. And and this is one reason I love to read memoirs, but like, I I read a story and I cannot think of the name of it. I'm struggling. I can see the front of the book, Um, but it was the story of, well, it was, he was a not guilty man who was in jail Mm. and he was eventually exonerated. But I feel like even if he was guilty, right? Because he was guilty of other things. He just wasn't guilty of murder. Um, He he had that knowing sense of worth, of of humanness, right? And, And he knew he was deserving of being treated with respect as a human being. No matter the worst decisions on his worst days. And... I think sometimes when you read somebody like that, or you meet somebody, you know, you know, you've met this person because they, they accept themselves. And we talk a lot about accepting who we are, right. And, and knowing that we are who we are on our worst day and our best day, but this idea of your having worth doesn't change at any point. There's no, there's no day that you're more worthy right, (laughs) or less worthy. Um, I think we need to take another quick break. And then I, I'd like to just talk about, uh, you know, I said we would, and I don't think we did, but things that you definitely shouldn't measure your self-worth on. So I think we've been very clear about what it is, but maybe we can go through a few things about like, just in case you were wondering, (laughs) Don't do this. And then um, maybe before we go, we can talk about some, some things that you can do to help 
sort of, if you're like, yeah, Riley Tova, I got this. I, I believe your definition, but things you can do to kind of cement that in yourself because yep. it is, it is a process. But we'll be right back. Know what I really love to do? Uh, take baths, go for walks, read, drink margaritas, hike. Yeah, not what I was referring to. You know, we're recording a commercial right now. I do, but I'm thinking outside the box, being adaptable. As I was saying, what I love to do is host our live monthly workshops. Oh, right. That's what we were talking about. Me too. They are a lot of fun to put together and host every month. And we can bring margaritas, so... Join us for live conversation as we get a bit deeper into topics near and dear to our hearts. We go through everything from self-care to setting boundaries. We share coaching tips, practical advice, and take questions from the audience. It's a whole lot of fun. Sign up for our newsletter today at goboldlyinitiative.com slash contact to make sure you hear about all the upcoming Go Boldly workshops. You definitely don't want to miss out. Now, back to that show. Okay, well, uh, welcome back. Um, we are going to talk a lot more about this through the whole season, but number one thing you shouldn't measure yourself worth against your to-do list. So I'll just throw that out there. We don't even need to go into it. You know, we're going to talk about it. Um, but that is like top of the list, your productivity, your to-do list. That has nothing to do with your self-worth. And yeah. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> let's, let's, that's a good one. Uh, your social media following also not, not a good one. Uh, your age. I'm not sure why that's even on the list. I don't know, but I love it. Well, because our country does a really good job of telling people of a certain age on both ends of the spectrum that their opinions Mm. don't matter. That's true. That's true. (laughs) I can never remember my age. So (laughs) I guess I didn't buy it. Someone asked me my age yesterday and it took me a very long time to get there. (laughs) I I confidently say the wrong age on multiple occasions. So (laughs) Um, don't ask me my age. Um, and it's not because I'm embarrassed. It's because I legitimately don't remember. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Tova knows I have a terrible memory. Um, let's see. Oh, this is an interesting one. How far you can run. Your mile yeah. run time is one of the least important factors for your self-worth. That's I good news. It. I love it. Mine is terrible. <laughs> um, the number of friends you have. Yeah. Uh, and we love friends. And, and we've done whole episodes on how important friendship and belonging is, but mm-hmm. the number of friends you have does not, does not determine what your self-worth is. No. Um, also your relationship status. Uh, one I liked that I thought this was so interesting was your likes. I thought this was really interesting because it talks about whether you have quote, like good taste or whether people think you're sophisticated or you have an eye for the finer things, like yeah. that doesn't matter. You're allowed to like what you like. I appreciate that one. I really did too. I was like, oh, <laughs> I need to work on this maybe. I need to <laughs> come to terms with things I like and don't like. Right. Um, what else? What else? We're obviously uh-huh. going through some lists that we- Yeah, we're together. going through. We have several lists happening here. Uh, your grades. Should you still be in school? Um, Your money, how much you have or don't have. Yeah. Which I think is self-explanatory. 
I think that's the entire list. Did we miss anything? Uh, there's one that's my favorite, which is anything or anyone but yourself. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that could just, we could sum it up in that, but I just love that, right? Yeah. You are worthy and valuable. If you believe you're worthy and valuable, you're worthy and valuable. Even if you don't believe you're worthy and valuable, it, you are worthy and valuable. Full stop. Um, and if you're wondering if it hasn't jumped out at you uh, so far, whether you have self-worth, low self-worth, not whether you actually have low self-worth, but whether you think you have low self-worth, um, you know, I think it's really helpful to just take time to be aware of the thoughts that you're having. And if what we're saying is making you cringe, mm. that could be a heads up that this is something that you need to work on and to um, really accept that you are worthy. And what's interesting is I think that a lot of kids shows now, like they do want to emphasize this, right. And worthiness. I don't know other than Mr. Rogers, um, and maybe Sesame street. I don't know how many kids shows were doing that when we were kids. Yeah. I don't think so. It was not the, uh, it was not the focus for sure. Right. We, but we grew up in the achievement, achievement era. So apparently, <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, one thing to be aware of, cause there, there's lots of patterns that will detract from this knowing that you have. And a yep. lot of it has to do with negative thought tracks. Yeah. And this is where that inner monologue can actually become helpful, right? If your inner monologue is constantly mean, right? If, if that voice in your head, and this isn't even your inner voice, if it's just the inner monologue is saying not nice things to you all the time, um, or even telling you your to-do list, but like in a really mean way or adding mean words to it, uh, that's a good sign that something isn't tracking in, in a great way for you. That, that should be a red flag. Um, and I think you should probably pay attention to it and see maybe what's going on in inside you to, uh, cause that to happen. And you don't have to live like that. There's no reason that you should spend your life being mean to yourself. Uh, I, so many people do, and it's just not necessary. Right. Um, so, and you know, another thing is, and I, and I find this in my kids sometimes, and I used to have this, I used to struggle with this as well, but this sort of all or nothing thinking, the black and white thinking. Um, and it's in, it's something I actually wound up working on a lot in therapy. And it's, it's this idea that something is always, if you find yourself saying always forever, never all the time, you know, if those are words that are in your vocabulary, um, or in your sentences a lot, that's a, that's also a red flag, uh, because it's just not accurate. The, it's so rare that something is something is always all the time forever. Uh, as we've talked about extensively on the show, change is constant. Um, and so those things are usually red flags that, um, you know, something is, is not clicking for you that you're, that you're getting stuck in a pattern of thought processing. That's pretty negative and isn't necessarily healthy. So, these sorts of things typically indicate that, you know, something's going on and it's not, and it's not working for you. Um, and again, you don't, you don't have to live like that. You don't have to do that yeah. to yourself. Yeah. And you also, this is our plug for, uh, therapy and coaching. You don't have to figure yeah. this out alone, right? Yes. So like 
Um, because I, you know, speaking of things that we've worked on in therapy, mistaking feelings for facts. Oh yeah. Brains and, are liars. Yes. And, and depending on how much your brain is lying to you, it might be important for you to talk to a therapist or go to your doctor. And that could mean depression. It could mean anxiety. So there, if you're at all thinking, oh yeah. And I think mistaking feelings for facts though, that is something that my kids do. Um, you know, one of them has a big, well, they all have big trials this week. All we're doing is trying out for things this week. I gotta <laughs> tell you, I'm like, this is, this is the week. And I'm just like, I am not here for this. Um, but you know, that, that feeling of I'm not good enough is actually, you know, that's not true. Right. Like, and in, in my one son's case, like it's, it's also like, he's good enough. He's, he's, he's also good enough at baseball. Like, and so, um, but it, there's so many things that our brains tell us that are wrong, that are just straight out wrong. And so I think it is so important for us to keep an eye on that. Um, and, and going back to what you said, Riley, if you say positive things, if you switch your inner monologue around, there is less space for those negative feelings to get through. Like the, you, you can change the way your brain talks to yourself. Um, now for some people that might require therapy and medical intervention. So, and for others, it might require a couple of, you know, cute affirmations hanging around their house. So you, you do have to take that time, or it could be that you need a coach who's going to hold you accountable and give you journals to, you know, entries and all of these things or meditations. Um, it's the whole gamut, <laughs> right? Or it could take all of those things, which is what it took for me. It's <laughs> just, it's, you know, and that's okay too. So just to be clear, like there's no uh, magic pill that fixes everything for everyone. So, and everyone is unique and needs something individual to them. And that that's, that's okay. That's totally normal. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it goes to this concept of we're all really special and unique and none of us are really special and unique, you know, (laughs) if you need something unique, that's incredibly normal. Right. (laughs) Um, I, I also though, um, I think talking about, you know, maybe switching to things that we can do for our self-worth. Um, I I mentioned affirmations. One thing that we both kind of got stuck on when we were reading some of the research was that as long as they're used in the right way and they're the correct affirmations, like, have you read an affirmation before where you're like, well, that's not true. (laughs) And you actually feel worse after reading the the affirmation than you felt before. Um, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> uh, I, you know, out there. yeah, like, and even a switch from I'm going to be a great success to I'm going to proceed, persevere until I succeed. Like those are a nice little switch. And that, you know, it's something that I see in my kid's school with the push of growth mindset, right? Some of these affirmations were clearly written like pre-growth mindset, <laughs> Um, so be aware of even the positive things that you say to yourself, if it doesn't feel good, even if it, you could be reading a super popular book or following a super popular person on Instagram. And you're like, this person's the best. If they say something that you're like, oh, that doesn't feel good. Believe yourself. That's okay. And, and find something that does or tweak, tweak it. So it does feel good. 
Yeah, we do it all the time. Just to be clear, like we'll back and forth between each other and I'll say, nope, or Tova will say, nope. And we'll, we'll eliminate something from an outline that we're going to, you know, talk to you all about. Um, and that's, you know, the, we have to gut check ourselves and make sure that what we're looking at is actually right for us. And it, what's right for us, you know, might not be right for somebody else. It's, it's individual. It's what feels right. It's what makes sense to you in the moment. And this is also a part of how we learn to trust our intuition and trust our inner voice and trust ourselves. Um, it's a, you know, it's a part of the process, but there are some great affirmations that are really good for helping you to kind of grow your sense of self-worth. Um, and I use that term in, intentionally, your sense of self-worth because your self-worth is there. It's your understanding of it. It's your, your ability to sense it. Um, and so if that is something that you're struggling with, I think affirmations can help, or we, I should say, we think affirmations can help. Um, there are a couple other things that, you know, you can also do. And, uh, one thing that Tova had talked about, I forget where we were talking about this Tova, maybe on the podcast, maybe somewhere in a, one of our workshops, but learning to accept compliments. Um, and just a quick personal story. I have, uh, growing up, I was terrible at accepting compliments because I always thought somebody was trying to trick me. Um, I never believed them. I never thought anyone was telling me the truth whenever they complimented me, I assumed it was going to be like, you know, something where they were going to then say, but you could have done this better. Um, You're and, waiting and for the other shooter drop. Yeah. There were a variety of reasons for that, but I, you know, it was no, I never took a compliment at face value and I was always dismissive of those sorts of things. Um, and so it just had zero impact on any of my feelings about myself other than for, to make me tense and, um, uptight and a little bit mean, to be honest, <laughs> surprise. Well, and I think people will then think that you're like, you don't appreciate the compliment. Absolutely. Right. You're like, yeah. I just don't believe you. I appreciate it. I just don't believe you. <laughs> right. Well, no, I didn't appreciate it at yeah. all because I was always like, Oh, this is, what are you doing? What do you want? What's your end game? What's your agenda? Um, well, and I think and, we were, we were talking about it. Um, I think it was not on the podcast or, um, in a workshop. I think we were just talking cause we do that all the time. Right. Um, <laughs> and I maybe was saying, um, we were both sharing struggles that we had like with our kids in sports. And mm. one thing I was saying was I was trying to figure out like specific actionable items that I could encourage for my son. And one of them was just saying thank you and looking somebody in the eye when they gave you a compliment. Yes. But it's something that I, I work on too. And I have gotten better at, I, I have worked really hard to just say thank you and, and end it there. Like, thank you, period. And right. then if I do want to like, you know, if I was working on something with other people that I want to be like, and this person was really helpful too, um, yeah. do that. But I think that some, we're so often that we want to like ignore the compliment and we feel uncomfortable with the compliment and that we want to like share it with other people really fast that we don't let the compliment seep in on us. Right. So if it's like, Riley, you're doing such a good job with this podcast, say, you know, you would say thank you first. Um, but then you could, you know, you could mention that you have a partner if you wanted to. Of course. 
Um, well, one, th- so one thing I've been doing and, and started doing several years ago, and I do this with my husband because he's, you know, he's a safe place to land, um, is if he gives me a compliment, I ask him to give me details and this is how I get through my discomfort, right? It's, I just make it more uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> love it. Uh, because that's how I learn to trust that it's an actual compliment and that I can, you know, just sit in it and I can be okay with it. And so he'll say something like, you know, that dinner was delicious or whatever, like I actually cook, but I'm trying to think of something. Um, and I'll say, Oh, thank you. What specifically did you like about it? And then he'll have to, you know, and I talked to him about it. I said, this is what I'm going to do so that I can start you know, accepting compliments and he'll tell me specifically what it is that he liked about it. And that way, you know, it's a process for me to learn how to accept compliments. And it's just one, one technique, but these are like the kinds of things that we can all start doing when we want to, um, when we want to make changes, right? There are ways, there are practical ways that we can work through these sort of hangups that we have instead of just going, oh, well, there's nothing I could do. This is just how I am, right? There, that's not true. Of course, there's things we can do. Um, you know, in, even in, in, you know, once you've been doing something for 30 years, you can, you can make a, you can make a change in your life to, um, to adapt and adjust and make it a little bit easier, a little bit better for yourself. So, um, and I will say that it, it does make a difference because now I'm less likely to dismiss somebody who compliments me. So it's, it's been an interesting experience. It is a little exhausting though. I'll be honest. (laughs) Um, so, you know, there, there are things, um, we do have a few affirmations that, that I think we both liked that we want to share with you. Um, but definitely, you know, as we're wrapping up, take, take the time to listen to what we're saying, because it is so important and I know it feels uncomfortable and it goes against a lot with what many of us who are, are talking or listening were, were raised. And I don't even mean in our immediate family. I mean, in like the world, the world has told us that this is not true. And so Uh, once you accept that it is true, then we do the work to actually feel that sense of self-worth. And like, just right off the bat, I love this affirmation, no matter what I've done or haven't done, I'm worthy of love. Um, I actually really like this one. I delight in the joy of missing out. Yes, I do. I really do. It's like a good Friday night one. <laughs> it's like, oh, the plans were canceled. That's too oh. bad. <laughs> um, oh, that's terrible. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. We're introverts. What are you going to do with us? I know, right? <laughs> um, no, I, you know, some of these are great. Like, so we, we will also share these. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll put a full list up. We'll put a list up on our socials and you guys can, you guys can you know, use them however you see fit. Um, there's another one that I particularly love and it, it, it goes, it's not about what happens. It's about how I respond to what happens. And I really, really believe that it's, um, easy to say hard to do. (laughs) Um, well, and that, that goes along to my, my, my favorite, uh, my other one that I saw here was, the story I tell about my life means everything. 
Mm-hmm. Um, cause it talks about like the way you think influences how you live, just like the way you respond to something is what actually matters. Right. And so yep. much of that is we talk all about all the time about how little we have control over, but we do have control about how we respond to something. And we do have control about the thoughts that are in our heads. We can take the time to make them more positive and we can put the work in. <laughs> and so recognizing that the story that you tell about your life is what matters when it comes to your sense of worthiness and a variety of other things can be really empowering when everything feels like it's out of control and you don't have a lot of control over things. Um, so we'll definitely share a bunch of these affirmations. We share a lot of them all the time, but we'll, we'll make a point of, of showcasing these. Um, but I think we're about time for homework. Yeah, I think so. All right. So this is going to be a journal one, journaling one. We've given you uh, some journaling before. We, saw, we do try to take breaks from journaling every once in a while. Um, but this is a important one to talk about. And so I would like you to, we would like you to take the time to think, how would you describe your self-worth right now? Right. So that you can kind of have this baseline. And how did you feel about what you heard, what we talked about, right? So some things, some further questions, if you're like, I don't know how I would describe my self-worth. I don't know. Um, What words would you use to describe yourself? What value do you place on yourself, right? Um, Are these positives and these negatives? But the one step further is where does your message from worth come from? And what do you believe uh, is the basis for your self-worth, right? Because that's kind of getting to like what's actually going on. Um, What do you feel? (laughs) So we always include all of these questions in in our show notes because this could, honestly, this could keep you writing for a week. Yes, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) These are enough questions. Um, so take the time journal, reach out to your accountability partner. If you're new to us, because maybe you found us on YouTube, we talk about accountability partners a lot, and we would encourage you to find someone that you, who also listens to the podcast and the two of you or watches us on YouTube, the two of you can have conversations about what we talk about. As you heard today, Riley and I are constantly bouncing things off of each other, uh, whether we're recording something or not. And it is incredibly helpful. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so talk about some of this with your accountability partner, if you feel comfortable or find an accountability partner, reach out to us on social media, if you have any questions. And with that, we will be back next week. Thanks so much for listening to we go boldly podcast. We know you're busy and we love spending time with you. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. Head to Apple Podcasts right now to rate and review our show. While you're there, be sure to click that subscribe button. Want more us time? Follow us on all the socials at Go Boldly Together. Want even more us time? As in all the coaching pizzazz. Find us at GoBoldlyInitiative.com for all the info. We will be back with more excitement, research, and deep thoughts next week. Until then, keep on being the bold, brave, amazing people we know you already are.